And now, it's time for Lawyers for Jesus Radio, lighting our path through law. A show about faith in the law and in the marketplace. Featuring the partners from the law firm Mauk and Baker. Located in downtown Chicago, Mauk and Baker is nationally known for defending freedom and serving the people of faith. And now, Lawyers for Jesus. Good afternoon. Welcome to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. And today we'll be discussing a lawsuit which seeks to restore the privacy rights of high school girls in a Chicago area high school locker room. I'm Noel Sterrett, an attorney and partner at the law firm of Malcolm Baker in Chicago. We are Christian attorneys that focus on serving the body of Christ with all of its legal needs. We do everything from zoning to estate planning, nonprofit administration to religious freedom work in the courts. You can find out more about us by going to Malcolm Baker, M A U C K B A K E R dot com, or call us 312 726 1243. You can also follow us on Facebook or Twitter to keep up to date on uh, recent developments. One of the developments that I want to talk to uh, today is uh, with our guest, Jocelyn Floyd, Associate Counsel of the Thomas More Society, um, an attorney for a number of parents in the Palatine School District. Jocelyn, good to have you. Thanks for having me. Well, let's uh, start with the lawsuit. What, what's going on? Who do you represent? And what do you hope to accomplish with the lawsuit? We represent a group of 51 families that make up 136 individual parents and students who are either students at the particular high school that the incident started at or other high schools within this district. So what happened is two years ago, a freshman entered and this freshman was born biologically male, but has since decided to present as female. And in all of the public documents, the student is referred to as student A, very creatively. Okay. Um, and so for the first two years of school, the, the, the district let this student have access to the girls' back, bathrooms. Okay, so we have a biological male wanting access to ladies' locker rooms. Started with the bathrooms, then after two years, the student got fed up with the locker room situation and having to change in a separate place and pushed for access to the locker rooms. Went to the Department of Education, went to the ACLU, raised a whole hubbub, and the Department of Education said, unless you let this biological boy who thinks he's a girl in the bathroom, in the locker rooms, sure. we will take away your federal funding, which amounts to something like $6 million a year. $6 million. And we're talking one student. Yes. Okay. Uh, we've got one student, one biological male student wanting access to a locker room. And I mean, this is not a small school district. How many young ladies are at these schools? There are five high schools. I don't know the total number of students, but I know it's the largest high school district in the entire state of Illinois. Okay. So for one individual, the school needs to change its entire bathroom policy, erasing basically the the boys and the, and the ladies' uh, symbols and allowing everybody into whatever bathroom they want. Is that how it goes? Or how do, I mean, how do they assess who's identifying each day as a male or a female? That's part of the problem that we keep pointing out okay. um, that the government doesn't seem to want to hear. So they say that they're maintaining the male and female separation and that there's still boys' locker rooms and girls' locker rooms, boys' bathrooms and girls' bathrooms. Sure. But if a particular student says, I don't identify as the same sex as my body, I identify as the opposite gender, then I want access to the other one. But the school and the federal government do not require any proof, any medical standards, anything. All you need is the student's word. They don't even need to involve the parents. Uh, in a lot of cases, they have policies in place in other school districts. I'm not certain what the policy is here. 
to not notify the parents. Oh, okay. So notify the parents of the young ladies in this situation. Uh, either one. Oh, okay. So a lot of times they won't notify the parents of the transgender student. Okay. Because there's concerns about the parents kicking them out of the house or various other oh, things like okay. that. But then they also don't notify any of the other parents who have girls in this locker room who are going to be now exposed to a biological male in states of undress, partial undress, doing intimate functions like going to the bathroom. These are teenage girls. Sure. They're starting their periods. Uh, all of that awkward stuff. So is there, I, I mean, just wondering, uh, is there a bathroom attendant that sits outside these bathrooms and says, all right, well, we're keeping the biological male, biological female distinctions. And if you want to come up to me, you look like a guy, but you tell me you're you're identifying today as a girl, you're welcome to come in. Is there anybody there that's, or I mean, how do they, they just gain access? And then if there's a guy in the women's bathroom his easy out is basically to tell the school, well, today I'm identifying as a biological female. Is What's the... There's no bathroom attendant. There's okay. no guards. Uh, the student is technically supposed to tell the school first Okay. that they identify as something other than their original sex. And that's so, fluid. Well, some people identify, say they identify as complete opposite. So they're born biological male, identify as female, and they're say consistently 100% every day, I identify as female. Okay. But if you look at all of the literature on transgenderism Mm -hmm. and the transgender movement, they state that gender is a fluid spectrum. And there are places in the middle. There's just gender nonconforming, the androgynous. There's people who are somewhat masculine, somewhat feminine, but don't really fit in either category. And there are some people who change day by day. So right now, the issue in the Palatine schools is with a boy who says he's a girl. But by opening the door, sure, it opens the door to someone coming and saying, I, I identify differently based on the day and I want complete access to both of them whenever I want. This is Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Noel Sterrett of the law firm of Malkin Baker. We're speaking with Jocelyn Floyd, Associate Counsel of Thomas More Society, about her lawsuit uh, that she's filed on behalf of... Um, numerous families in the Palatine School District in order to uphold the privacy rights of the young uh, women in the uh, Palatine School District that seek to have privacy when they're going to the bathrooms or the locker room. Uh, Tell me more about this. Uh, It looks like we've got an issue where we've got uh, the transgender rights uh, coming right into conflict with the right of privacy. So how, how, how does this handled in the courts? What's this conflict? You know, go into that a little bit. So the legal basis for this conflict is mostly Title IX, which is the federal statute that provides money to educational institutions, high schools, colleges. And as part of it, the schools receiving the money agree not to discriminate, uh, in particular on the basis of sex. This was instituted about 40 years ago. It was primarily to make sure that women had the same opportunities in education as men. Uh, it was became known as like the athletic bill because it was mostly seen in the context of sports, making sure that women's sports teams were equal. Of course. So right now, you there is the standard in Title IX that you can have a separate males locker room and females locker room. That as long as they're equal and comparable facilities, okay, they are allowed to have that, and that's not considered discrimination on the basis of sex. And that's in the law. That is in the law. Okay. The Department of Education has decided we are going to expand and redefine sex. Or obliterate. Yes. Well, they're going to obliterate sex by defining it as including gender, identity, and sexual orientation. Okay. So 
what they're essentially doing is they are getting rid of entirely any distinction between the sexes, which completely undermines the entire purpose of the statute. Sure. Um, Because there's actually an example in Alaska. We have a boy who raced on the boys track team all the way up till close to the end of the season, then decided he was a girl, qualified for states as a girl, kicked a girl out of the state's team. And won. And got third place. Third place. So he didn't quite win. Well, well, this seems to be something that uh, just not only attacks... Uh, what the long-established definitions of male, female, and the distinctions we've brought, and and the efforts to provide equality to both sexes, uh, but it goes basically to the core of um, back to Genesis when it talks about how He created each one of us. And so, uh, this is interesting. There's a lot that we're going to get into um, about the national scope of this, but. Going into the titles and this school district, Palatine School District, you said something like $6 million is at stake if they don't bow to the federal government's command basically to remove the gender's uh, descriptions on the bathrooms and locker rooms. They did bow to the government's commands in December. They came up with a a compromise agreement that basically is no compromise at all. It lets the student have access to the girls' locker rooms. Okay. Any girl locker room in this school – uh, if he competes on any teams and goes to the other schools in this district, he can go in the girls' locker rooms there. They did build privacy stalls in the the main gym locker room, and the student chooses to use those, but there's absolutely nothing requiring him to use those. And part of the problem is these are curtains, and there's gaps on the edges. You can still see things. It's not really private. Uh, he has to go through the entire girls' locker room to get to them. Okay. And when other girls... Sorry, when girls, yes, <laughs> I have to be careful when I say that because I just sure. Um, when girls want to go use the other privacy stalls, um, they have been mocked and bullied by their classmates. So the the girls who want more privacy and and to protect their modesty are then bullied. So we have one of our plaintiffs who wears her gym clothes underneath her school clothes every single day. And just takes her outer layer off, goes and does gyms, keeps her sweaty clothes on, pulls her new her outside clothes on over them, um, doesn't make eye contact, changes as quickly as possible. I mean, we are talk- definitely talking about a sexually harassing environment. Sure. And as a uh, father of a little girl, um, I, she's not that old yet, but uh, I, I, you're already getting, getting my blood boiling uh, in terms of this because I, I can't even imagine putting my daughter in, in a school district into and thinking, and not not just for the people, you know, I, I understand that there are people that struggle with this issue about, you know, how did God make me? Or maybe they don't even think God made them at all, but they're struggling with their gender identity, their sexual orientation. It's a very confusing time in high school, uh, just across the board. A lot is changing with your body. And so there are these individuals that are struggling in these schools. So I, I can, in some sense, sympathize with their plight. Um, but I would also want to get in, coming up, I want to talk to you more about, well, isn't this a terrible opportunity that we're presenting for people with devious intentions? Uh, people that have other uh, issues uh, that uh, would like to take advantage of a, the, this opportunity to take advantage of, you know, genderless bathrooms. Um, how, how are we going to get into that? How are we going to handle that? Uh, how should parents, how should school districts handle that? Uh, coming up, let's talk to Jocelyn Floyd more about this. You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. Reach us at 312-726-6454, the law firm of Malkin Baker in Chicago. 312-726-1243.
Welcome back to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Noel Sterrett, partner of the law firm Malkin Baker, and we're talking with Jocelyn Floyd, associate counsel for the Thomas More Society. We're discussing the transgender bathroom issue, a case she's filed on behalf of many parents in the Palatine School District, uh, trying to restore the privacy rights of the young ladies uh, that just simply want to go to the bathroom and go into their locker room without uh, being exposed to um, individuals who are biological male coming into the, the locker room, be they individuals that are struggling with their sexuality or trying to figure out what gender they are, or as we uh, alluded to uh, before the break, uh, people that may seek to take advantage of that. Let, let's pick up there, Jocelyn. Uh, what is there in place, if anything, uh, that would keep uh, somebody with devious intentions from coming into uh, one of these high school girls' locker rooms or bathrooms um, is there anything in place? No, absolutely nothing. Everything in this context or this entire situation is based on the word of the person wanting access, which is interesting because in these public schools, if you have students with disabilities, learning disabilities, physical disabilities, sure. and they need uh, an IEP or some sort of special education plan, they have to have doctor's notes. They have to go through interviews. It is an arduous process um, to get these resources for their kids who desperately need them. When you talk about a student who has what is medically known as gender dysphoria, right. we do not require a doctor's diagnosis of gender dysphoria. We do not require that they be on uh, any hormone prescriptions. There's absolutely nothing other than the word of the student. And when you go beyond the school into public bathrooms and public locker rooms, Again, there is nothing other than the word of the person wanting access. And that word could be given after the, 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 the fact. I mean, in other words, uh, even though the school would prefer that they come and notify them in advance, hey, look, I'm identifying today as, uh, as a female. I'm going into the girl's bathroom. Uh, is there anything that would be stopping uh, you know, a young high school male to going into the locker room, doing whatever um, devious things he has in his mind, uh, and then claiming after the fact that, look, I'm identifying or I did identify that day or in that moment as a young woman. And so, look, you have this policy and I took advantage of it. Technically, there is one barrier for the locker rooms. Okay. The bathroom policy in District 211 covers all of the bathrooms. And so any student who does not identify, self-identify with their biological sex can access the bathroom that fits their self-perception. Okay. The locker room agreement solely applies to student A, and the district has chosen not to adopt a policy that covers all of the locker rooms for all five high schools. Okay. They said that they will do a case-by-case analysis as situations come up. So a student would need to go to the the their actual school administration and say, hey, I'm transgender, I'm gender nonconforming, um, I want this access. There are a lot of students who actually do not want access to the opposing sex locker room. They just want an accommodation that's not in their biological sex locker room, which is what they originally gave student A in this situation. It was a separate place to change. It had mirrors. It had the whole nine yards, everything that he needed to change after gym class. So where is your case? What, what's the current status of the case that you filed? um, And what's the next step? We filed the complaint, and then we filed what's known as a motion for preliminary injunction. Okay, you want to stop something from happening. <laughs> Legally, um, yes. We want the court to say that this policy allowing a biological male into the girls' locker rooms and into the girl ba- girls' bathrooms 
violates these girls' privacy, and there's irreparable harm. There's harm that you cannot fix with money or anything after the fact. We have to stop it from happening. That's the only way to prevent the harm. Sure, you've got young ladies that are keeping their gym clothes on under their school clothes uh, on a daily basis, and that's uh, that's something you never get back. That's right. And so there's a mechanism in the courts to say, we are likely to win at the end based on every fact we've told you. Okay. There's this irreparable harm. It's in the public interest. Make this decision now. That's why it's called preliminary. Sure. Um, and it, make the decision so that going into this coming school year, we have we're back to the original status quo. So you've got and, some time before the school district, but uh, do you know when the judge has uh, indicated a hearing on this? Or we are currently scheduled to argue the motion on August third. So it's cutting it close. Courts are slow. (laughs) This is this is super amazingly fast in a court um, for what we're doing. Uh, But we have to allow both the school district and the federal government to respond to the motion. Then we get the opportunity to reply in writing. Then we go to the judge and argue it. Then the judge has to make his decision and write some sort of opinion. Um, And all of that takes time in the court process. We are hoping to have a decision from the judge before school starts, which is, I believe, August 15th. So we've got a hearing coming up in August. Uh, Thomas More Society, Jocelyn Floyd, in case you uh, have a prayer list out there, go ahead and put them down. Is there a judge that you have been assigned that we can also be praying for? Uh, We are in front of the magistrate judge here, Magistrate Judge Gilbert. Okay, Magistrate Judge Gilbert. This is a preliminary injunction hearing in August. Uh, please be praying for this case. Please be praying for Jocelyn and the Thomas More Society. They do great uh, religious liberty work. Also, this this case is a very important one um, and that we'll certainly be keeping an eye on. Uh, you're listening to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. This is Noel Starrett. Uh, this is a just a radio show that Malkin Baker, a law firm in Chicago, has put together because we want you to be aware of some of the legal issues that are going on and what, how you can be involved uh, you need to know about these issues and you need to be involved in them locally. Uh, as I turn to the, the last segment here, I want to talk about not just the local issue with the Palatine School District, but where are we going nationally? Where wh- What are the national uh, things that you see coming, you know, in the next one, two, three years, uh, the, the things that each parent is going to have to confront, each school district is going to have to confront? Actually, I'd like to back up one second. Please. Something you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um, as Christians, when we look at this issue, I think one thing that we absolutely have to keep in mind at all times is that people who are actually struggling with gender dysphoria, their their perception of their body is that it's wrong, sure. that, that who they are does not match the physical reality. This is a very painful experience. It's... Sin, and as Christians, we recognize that that is it's there's there's work going on there that is not of God, but it's also painful, and we need to have empathy for the psychological pain, the emotional pain, the mental pain that these people are going through because this is a very real struggle. Sure, and um, it's easy to get caught up in the law and the politics and forget that there is still a human being here who's created in the image of God, and. If we keep that first in our mind, then when we go to these political issues, these legal issues, and stand firm, we can do so with compassion and empathy at the same time without compromising. Yes, I think that's yeah, I think that's a great word. Just as Jesus said, uh, we need to be advocates of both truth and grace, and that's uh, just something that I hope that we can keep going forward, both local advocacy but also nationally. So let's turn there. 
Uh, let's talk about where this country is going, what's going on, what can we see from the federal government, and how can we, uh, as parents, you know, I'm a parent of three children, how can we get involved? How can we help? What what can the school districts, the school boards do uh, to deal with this issue in, in both a way that, you know, recognizes the privacy rights of young children, but also, um, you know, perhaps is empathetic and, and compassionate and understanding? Yeah. Well, nationally, the federal government is um, on a quest. (laughs) They are on a quest to eliminate um, sexual identity at all. There's no male. There's no female. We're going on this complete um, ideological rampage. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's scary. And I think that we need to acknowledge that that this is real. This is an actual agenda. It's scary. And focus on it. Um, Speak up to your school boards. Sure. Uh, speak up in advance. Say, do you have a policy in place? If not, uh, put a good one in place. Uh, Alliance Defending Freedom has a great model policy that is empathetic. It allows for an accommodation for a student struggling with these issues, uh, but without crossing that line into invading the privacy of the rest of the students in the school. But then you also have the broader implications like North Carolina and public bathrooms and public locker rooms in uh, Seattle or I believe it was Seattle, they passed a state law saying, go to whatever bathroom, locker room you want. And promptly right afterwards at the gym, a man went into the locker room, showered, changed, said, you can't kick me out. The law says I can be here. Never actually said he was transgender. Didn't actually present as female in any way, shape or form, but said the law lets me in and. Everyone said, okay, well, yeah, we can't stop you. And something tells me that uh, Chicago would be itching to get right behind all of this, too. Oh, yes. The Chicago Public School District has adopted a policy allowing complete unfettered access to anyone who wants it based on um, self-proclaimed gender identity. Um, So definitely write letters, talk to school boards. Also, go to businesses. Um, Target has adopted a policy that says go to whichever bathroom you want. And the American Family Association has a petition up to boycott Target. And Target's stock went down when this petition started gaining ground. But then they went to the shareholders meeting and Target basically said, we don't care. We're not listening to you. But the more we speak up, the more they will realize that there are a lot of people who do care about these safety concerns Mm -hmm. and these privacy concerns. And they will recognize that we, whereas we have been a silent majority, we need to be a vocal majority because we are the majority. We appreciate Jocelyn Floyd for coming on today. Thank you for taking uh, the time to talk about your case, this uh, important, critical issue. Uh, We appreciate the work of the Thomas More Society. If you have a legal need or question, please reach out to us at Malkin Baker, 312-726-6454. We've been helping local uh, ministries, local churches for a long time now. Uh, again, you can look us up online at M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R dot com or reach us 312-726-1243. You can also, also follow us on Twitter or, or Facebook. Uh, Jocelyn, it's just been a, a blessing to have you here today uh, talking about this critical issue. Uh, we pray that um, more parents will get involved and uh, hopefully that we can continue to act in truth and grace. Thank you for the reminder today. Thank you. Yes, indeed, you're gonna have to serve some